Hey everyone and welcome back to Default Global. In this space we have discussions with entrepreneurs and remote work specialists from all around the world. And today we're thrilled to have Karolina Andreevska, Senior Partnership Manager at Lana. Uh, Karolina, we appreciate you being here with us. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So and before we start, could you could you please provide brief introduction about yourself and tell a few words about Lano maybe and your current role? Uh, sure. So yeah, feel free to call me Carly, by the way. I know I provided my full name here. Okay. Um, everybody calls me Carly though. Um, and yes, I'm a senior partner manager at Lano. Um, I've been in the business for approximately a year and a couple of months. And at Lano, we basically provide solutions that enable businesses to expand internationally through different types of employment and payroll models. Uh And I was previously exposed to international employment compliance situation when I was moving from England to Germany. Um, My employer at the time allowed me to work remotely from Germany, but they did not have a local entity in Germany. Um, and once I moved, I realized that I'm still receiving my salary in pounds, that I'm still contributing my national insurance contributions to mm-hmm. England. Mm-hmm. And therefore that it made me really difficult to settle in Germany. Mm-hmm. And this was the time when I first learned about employer record solutions. And this is something that Lano offers. Um, I went through a mini nightmare trying to explain the business that we were both exposed to compliance risks. And long story short, unfortunately, um, my relationship with that company did not work out. Mm-hmm. But as I was learning so much about international uh, employment options, mm-hmm. I ended up joining Lano. So it okay. all worked out in the end. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. And speaking about Lana, uh, so as far as I know, uh, uh, Lana covers more than 100 countries, right? Uh, we, co- we cover 170 countries. 170. Through- okay. Employer record model, yes. Okay, that's curious. And with that in mind, I'm just curious about how how Lana navigates this complexity of global employment regulations, right? So, how how does Lana keep up with changing employment laws and just adjust its platform to help companies hire globally without you know legal risk? That's something that, for example, in my case, my clients ask all the time. I mean, uh, that they need to be kind of uh, in you know, aligned with what's going on in a specific country where, where they're hiring, right? So I'm just curious, how is it possible to do this when you have, when you're covering like 170 countries? That is a very good question. And I actually get it um, very frequently from the partners that I speak mm-hmm. to. I find that the employer record solutions emerged during or after the pandemic. And this is where they became more popular because yep. the businesses had to adopt more flexible work models and most of the platforms also emerged during that time. Mm-hmm. So that means that most of the providers that are currently in the market uh, are a couple of years old and that mm-hmm. means that getting to know the local laws and regulations within different markets can be very difficult and Lana mm-hmm. acknowledged that. Um, for this reason we adopted a very different model um, compared to different employer record platforms out there. Mm-hmm. Most of the providers that you will have a lo- uh, you will find online will have their own direct entities, and that okay. means that they have the full responsibility for keeping up to date with local laws and regulations mm-hmm. of all of the countries where they provide services. Mm-hmm. And at Lano, we have adopted a fully partner-powered model, mm-hmm. 
that means that we work with local partners who own mm -hmm. their entities. They are experts within their field. Um, they have probably been offering their services for longer than Lano existed. So mm -hmm. therefore, the compliance guarantee is much, much higher. Mm -hmm. um, and this model ensures that we can offer the best uh, compliance services to our clients. And I mean, we're a German company as well. Compliance and um, quality of service is one of the most important things that we want to offer um, mm -hmm. to our clients. And mm -hmm. this is how we're able to constantly keep up to date with local laws and regulations and its changes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're saying that in most cases, you don't have your own entity in a specific country, you work through partners, right? Only in Germany. Only okay. in Germany where we're based. Okay, so you rely on partners who are kind of experts in employment law in a specific country, am Indeed, I right? Indeed, yes. And for, in some cases, uh, some of our clients can consider that this is not a model that is favorable. And I highly recommend uh, looking into different types of employment options, especially through the model that Lano offers. Mm -hmm. um, in most cases, if the company is looking to have something that is reliable, they will probably need to work uh, with a supplier that has been in the market for the longest time. Mm -hmm. um, for this reason, um, I would say that it, it, the companies that need flexibility or reliability, once they speak to some of the providers um, that are different to Lano, they will end up speaking to us as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. And speaking about this model itself, I mean, employer of record as a service, right? So um, as far as I understood, this, the, the employee works through um, some local entity and it's not even like a Lana's entity, it's your partner's entity as like we found out, right? And rather than having this direct contract with a specific company that is hiring, right? So they they work through a sort of middleman, right? So how does this model ensure that the company retains control and authority uh, over their remote employees, right? Because, I mean, you're hiring someone, but that, that person, that employee, he, he or she works for, you know, some Brazilian company, and it's not even... Lana name uh, that that he works for, right? And it's not the the company that, in fact, hired hired him, right? So it's just some third party, you know, uh, companies, right? So with that in mind, how does this model ensure that you know the the company can really retain this control? Sure. So the task that the employer of record company is providing, or mm -hmm. the service that it's providing, is compliance. Mm -hmm. All yep. we ensure is that you are able to have the worker working for you internationally legally. Um, right. If you don't have the local entity established in that country, you will not be able to have that worker working for you full time unless mm -hmm. they're independent contractor or if you open a jurisdiction there. Mm -hmm. We as a provider will ensure and consult um, all of the th things relating to the contract. So mm -hmm. what are the local benefits that that employee should be receiving as they're working for you full time? If, right. for example, the client decides that this full time worker that they want to hire internationally will not be eligible to any local benefits, mm -hmm. that is simply illegal. And mm -hmm. we would not be able to provide services to this client. And of course, okay. we would consult them that this is 
if this is impossible um, mm -hmm. unless they consider different types of hiring models, which would be contracting. In this case, um, the not all employment benefits are eligible. Mm -hmm. So our job is the consultation and mm -hmm. the intending employer remains in full control when it comes to the duties that the employee will be performing. So, for example, if the employer acknowledges that the worker has done a really good job and they decide to give them a promotion, of course, we will execute and we will listen to all of the requirements of our client. And if there's any uh, changes that need to be to the contract, we will execute. Mm -hmm. If then, for example, um, there's gross misconduct and the contract needs to be terminated, of course, we will follow the clauses of the contract to execute the termination, but we cannot just uh, follow the wishes of the employer if they just decide to cut this employment short um, and not follow the contract. So we will always ensure that we are the legal mediator between the employer and the employee. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Got it. And speaking about... Um... Uh, speaking about challenges, right? So you 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 work with with companies who are just about to to start hiring globally, right? So and they might have tons of questions in terms of how to do this, right? And they they might you also might observe, you know, some common challenges and misconceptions that they face, right, on a daily basis. So can you share maybe some some common issues, some common misconceptions and, and challenges companies face when they first consider hiring talent abroad? I think one of the most common misconceptions that I see, especially when I speak to some partners um, and potential clients that were exposed to remote work very recently, mm -hmm. is that they don't necessarily know of all of the options out there. And the amount of misconceptions is probably impossible to mention in the 20 minutes that we have. But one of the most frequent ones is that in order to expand internationally, that you will need a local entity. And that right. is simply not true. A lot of companies out there still are not aware of employer record model. Mm -hmm. And indeed, I was a running remote um, last week. I've met with some remote uh, professionals, mm -hmm. um, business owners yeah. who are looking to expand. And they said that before attending Running Remote, they've never heard about employer record services. Mm -hmm. And they thought that international employment is just not an option for them because, of mm -hmm. course, if you're looking to open a legal entity, it's mm -hmm. uh, quite a lengthy process. It requires a lot of legal education. Mm -hmm. And, of course, when you uh, find out about different options such as EOR, that allows you to move much faster without uh, any potential headaches around paperwork because it's mm -hmm. all managed to you by one provider. So I would say that that is one of the most uh, mm -hmm. frequent misconception that I face okay. to this day. Okay. So you're saying that the, the, the biggest issue that they simply didn't know that LANO exists, right? Exactly. <laughs> Not even LANO, just the model itself. Oh, yeah, answer, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, okay. So let's talk a bit about the future, right? So uh, recently, I had this gr uh, great conversation with with uh, Liam Martin, who runs the remote running remote conference that you have just mentioned, right? Um, and we just look at the world's largest remote work event, I guess, right? So in and he mentioned that the future of remote work and global hiring is still kind of uncertain. 
That's that's the, that what he told me. And there is a possibility that corporate America, for example, they they might push people back to offices. You know, turning remote work into a gig-focused approach for smaller companies, right? So mm-hmm. I would like to hear your thoughts on this. What is what is happening in, in, in your space at this point, right? And how how do you see remote work and global hiring, you know, evolving over the maybe next five years? I've heard a lot of opinions about this as well, especially at running remote. I spoke to quite a few consultants who had different types of opinions, but Inevitably, the future of remote work is also shaped by the talent who is looking for opportunities. Right. And the amount of freelancers um, and independent business owners with today's media is emerging. A lot of mm-hmm. people realize that they can sustain their lifestyle without being employed by pursuing social media careers, influencer careers. And this is something that is almost idealized. And for this reason... I really hope that companies realize to, to attract talent, you will need to adopt more flexible models. Otherwise, this talent will not choose to come to you. Mm-hmm. This is a great example if you look into Airbnb on Spotify. When a couple of years back, they released the remote work policies and the visits to their careers pages skyrocketed because, of mm-hmm. course, people want um, the flexibility and they also wish to have the security that comes with full-time employment. So as well, when I was at Running Remote, there was an interesting research presented by a Stanford University student. And she, mm-hmm. uh, looked, into, uh, she looked into the study where she asked um, workers about potentially returning to the office and what mm-hmm. it would take to, uh, for them to come back to the office full-time. Mm-hmm. Apparently... Uh, well, based on her research, these workers would need at least 70% pay rise to return okay. to the office full-time. Okay. Um, so it shows that most of the workers are rather choose the remote work benefits rather than higher pay rise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It makes sense. Totally makes sense. Um, let's, let's then talk a bit about... Um, compare like employer record model right with uh, contracting I, I guess Ilana also provide contracting form of hiring right do you oh, do yes. this yes yeah. of course we we are able to support any companies that are looking to hire independent contractors as well right and um speaking about this so for, from you know I, I I talk a lot with remote work experts with global hiring experts and um, I see like two different camps right so on the one hand we have guys who are saying that listen um, uh, global hiring is super expensive and only like uh, big companies can really afford that so I, I really think that they they more talking about employee of record model because it's really not really cheap in fact right so on the other hand we have uh, like a guys who are saying that that's a great opportunity remote work and global hiring is a great opportunity to reduce your cost because you can benefit from local you know economy situation in brazil or argentina or somewhere else right mm-hmm. and you can hire really cool you know for example tech talent and who are at the same level in terms of experience and expertise as like a guy from Silicon Valley, right? But in terms of their expectations, our expectations are in a way lower, right? So um, 
was, was what is your your opinion on this right so i i also hear like guys who are saying that it's uh, contracting form is kind of not very legal stuff right now and the they we, we should put some extra regulation on this right um so it, in, in your opinion, is using this contractor approach instead of hiring full-time employee, like a through employee for record model, for example, a potentially risky option that could eventually be like a restricted? I don't think it's going to be restricted, but it's definitely risky. Um, mm -hmm. When a company is looking to hire workers through an independent contractor model, one thing that they need to consider is potentially misclassifying these workers. Right. And in different countries, this will mean different things. Mm -hmm. um, in general, a uh, worker is classified by the local government where they're based um, mm -hmm. uh, through their tax lens. And okay. general rule of thumb, I would say, is that an independent contractor is indeed somebody who is independent. So you mm -hmm. have a limited amount of control over their work or right. over their work life. Yeah. Um, in most cases, if you're looking to hire contractors um, internationally and you're going to have a really large team, you have to consider that these workers cannot work for you full time. In some cases, they cannot have company equipment. They cannot mm -hmm. have even a company email. There's a lot of really tiny details that then surface into the into uh, into the surface. Mm -hmm. um, that can misclassify this worker, which basically mm -hmm. means that this independent contractor should indeed be and is full-time employed. Mm -hmm. And for this reason, the company is eligible for paying all of the social security and taxes that are eligible to be paid on behalf of this employee. Mm -hmm. So for the period of time that this independent contractor worked for you, the company will have to pay all of the social security contributions since the day they started the project. Um, and this was the situation that I was exposed in the past um, that I was very nervous about. And I've done a tremendous amount of research in regards to myself and the company. Mm -hmm. And what I found is that employers still don't take this too seriously. Mm -hmm. But if you are looking to hire a team of independent contractors and you don't look into the local laws and regulations in regards to how these workers misclassify, you could fall in into a lot of real trouble and Potentially, it would have been much more beneficial to invest into employer record who would ensure that this is mitigated. And of mm -hmm. course, all of the benefits that you can provide through full-time employment are much more attractive to workers these days because they're eligible for benefits and they're eligible to security. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, with, with, the, with the current economic climate, right? So uh where like more local talent for example available right but also we have tons of startups who are still you know they need to reduce their cost and basically that's what we uh what i see in my company right so the the, the motivation to go global go global right so they uh, it's kind of different than a year ago for example right so a year ago it was kind of uh we cannot find really cool guys locally because of this competitive dynamic and it's hard to compete with big brands for tech guys specifically right um so like a talent shortage was the number one reason why they those startups well-funded startup but uh, kind of but still kind of not very well known uh decided to, to go global right and this year it's kind of different this year we see that the main motivation just to reduce costs you know and 
considering this this climate that we have now and considering this extra employment taxes linked to employer for record services right how does solana keep it's you know offering affordable uh, uh, affordable uh, and practical for companies comparing to using uh, contractors right uh, because mm. as i said like if for for example for a big large corporation that's that's the only option i mean employer for record but for mm. small startups they're they're looking for for you know other options and contracting i guess that's the number one approach that they have in mind so what do you think about it so first of all lano's fees are set in most mm -hmm. of the countries so you would be looking to pay a subscription fee of approximately 550 euros per month per okay. employee uh, in all of the countries where we provide services in however i think that the quality and the price does not compare equally if you're looking to compare an uh, independent contractor model to employer of record model. Um, the risks that you face with mass classification, as I mentioned, can cost you a lot more in the future if you don't look into this properly. And of course, employer of record services can ensure that you can mitigate all of these risks. At the same time, if you're looking to expand into international countries to access more local talent, you will be exposed to the local market and the fees. So, for example, if you're looking to hire tech talent somewhere in the US, I cannot give you an example. It's probably a better question for GoGlobi. Um, what are the typical salaries that that talent will be receiving? It's probably very high. So if the US company is now looking to expand into the European Union, mm -hmm. probably that cost is going to be much lower. You will add the service fee of Lano, which will still not be equal to the salary that you would be paying to the local worker in the US. Mm -hmm. So there's multiple factors that you should consider mm -hmm. in this case. I would say it's it's the risk factor that can mm -hmm. cost you a lot. Mm -hmm. And depending on which country you're looking to expand, even by even once you add the extra costs of employer record services, it will still not be comparable to the local market. It really okay. depends where you're looking to expand. Yeah, definitely. It definitely makes sense. Okay, so probably uh, my last question for for today is that can you can you share the top three things companies should prepare or consider before going global? So top level, in my opinion, if this is a local company that was never exposed to international work and never hired people remotely they need to ensure that they have the right foundations to do so. So if they don't have the right policies, they have not go gone through manager's training and they have not looked into this topic properly, most likely they will face an absolute nightmare once they have an international team. Mm -hmm. You have to understand that diverse talent means different type of uh, work culture and that right. your organization will change. And there's a lot of great companies out there that provide consultancy services in regards to change management and going remote. Mm -hmm. And I would highly recommend to at least do some research in regards to what does it entail to have remote workforce to ensure that you're using it for your own benefit, not for your company's destruction. Mm -hmm. The second part, of course, and it's kind of like a step-by-step -step process, once you've done your research and you're ready to assess international talent, 
I would connect with a local recruiter where you want to find talent in. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you are a U.S. company, again, interested in expanding in Europe, you probably have absolutely no idea what it's like to find talent outside of the U.S., how the process is going to look like, what does what does attract local Mm -hmm. talent because it it can be also daunting to work for a company that is far away from your local country. And this is most likely where I would recommend go globy as well. Um, So (laughs) any company can understand what it's going to be like to Mm -hmm. hire talent in in a different country. What are the salaries that you'll have to consider? Because a recruiter most likely will know. Um, and of course, once you found the local talent and you found your perfect recruitment partner, compliance is the last puzzle piece. So okay. in, in this case, I would recommend looking into a uh, co- different platform or consultancy service, potentially even Lano, to understand what type of employment model will make sense for you. In this podcast, we mostly discussed employer records. However, there's many other different options that mm-hmm. a company has to consider, of course, it can be opening up a local entity. It can be um, employer record services. It can mm-hmm. be contracting. It can be many different options. And mm-hmm. we as a provider always ensure that we understand the situation of the client and we will advise them uh, the most suitable solution for their case, even if it's not something that can be provided by Lano, because for mm-hmm. us, again, compliance is the number one thing mm-hmm. that we want to ensure for the client. Okay, sounds good. So I guess I guess we're good for today. So it's been kind of an awesome conversation, and I'm sure our listeners they they have gained valuable knowledge on global hiring. And so we appreciate your expertise and the work Lana does. And yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Vit. It was a pleasure. See you next time. Absolutely.